Hi, and welcome to the Brand Aging Podcast. This is Steve Halpern. Welcome. If this is the first time you've listened to this podcast, I hope you enjoy it and come away with some good information. If you want my regular listeners, thank you so much for subscribing to this podcast and supporting it and then sharing it. Oh, let's get into the podcast. <laughs> I'm absolutely amazed by the world of podcasting, you know, how fast it's grown. And I'm listening on the radio and they're talking about podcasting awards and something that didn't exist a couple of years ago. And uh, it's really kind of wonderful. I mean, I, I really do enjoy this, the idea that I can so simply... Um, you don't have to buy radio time. You don't have to get sponsors. And you don't necessarily get censored. What a wonderful, wonderful uh, technology. Um, I'm in the Upper West Side. You know, I live on the Upper West Side, Manhattan. <laughs> and uh, Manhattan has become very strange if you drive a car. Because people have never driven in Manhattan. <laughs> Because of the fear of the subways and public transportation and maybe uh, corona. Uh, now, either learning to drive or bringing their car into the city. And many of them have never driven in Manhattan. And it's like bumper cars. It is so scary. <laughs> it's so so torturous when you've been a long-time New Yorker and you're so familiar with uh, driving in Manhattan, you know, the, the energy and parking and just, you know, being on top of it. It's so different than, you know, suburban or, or highway parking. There's kind of a rhythm to it. What does that have to do with this podcast? Hmm, probably nothing. <laughs> but let's get, into, let's get into the great stuff. Inflammation. <clears throat> Inflammation should be on the top of your list. I actually, yes, they heard an infomercial um, for a pain product and uh, inflammation, inflammation, inflammation. What is inflammation? Inflammation is our body's way of coping with a stressor. And it's very important. It can halt the spread of an infection and can do very positive things. It's only when inflammation is out of control or inappropriate inflammation. Inflammation that not necessary. And that's one of the keys we see with corona and the corona syndrome. <clears throat> we call it a post-corona. And also the acuteness of active corona. We call that cytokine. They gave it a name called cytokine storm. Well, it's you know, it's an overreaction of the immune system, like a car that has breaking gas. You know, we have to have a you know, you have the gas, and you're functioning, and then you have the brake. Well, you need the gas and the brake on inflammation. So what? can we do about it? Well, the key is what I call a holistic approach to health. Now, the whole term holistic health has been co-opted as holistic toilet paper and holistic uh, 
dishwashing soap, and then this goes on, and on holistic socks to catch the, you know, the buzz. It's holistic. So now that's holistic health. It's, this is the point. Holistic health is a way of looking at health in a different way. Not in an isolated way. You know, medicine diverged into specialties. When I was growing up, as a baby boomer, you know, we had the family physician. Okay. And he was somewhat, even with the limited tools he had at the time, kind of holistic because he knew you and he looked at you from more of a, uh, a bigger picture. But then the growth of specialties. No. Medical specialties. Well, medical specialties don't look at the whole system. They don't look at the whole person. Here, here's an example. The field of uh, immunotherapy and cancer. Well, one of the big breakthroughs in cancer treatment is now immunotherapy where they take out your immune cells and they uh, either, you know, they manipulate them to attack the cancer, program them, program your own cells to manipulate the cancer, or they take out cancer cells and create a vaccine. Then they discover that there were things that were affecting how well immunotherapy worked. Well, lo and behold, if it was a holistic approach, they would have looked originally at the macrobiome. Now, there are some studies supporting the macrobiome, that your probiotic environment can affect, of course, your immune system. And if you're reprogramming immune cells to fight the cancer, a healthy microbiome or a specific microbiome could affect how well this treatment works. So let me get you know to a focus here, which is you need to look at your whole body from a system approach system. What are your weak links? Okay. Now, you could be healthy. Now, it's kind of easy if you have a condition. Well, you know, I have arthritis. Well, that's your, obviously, you know, your weak link. All right. Or, you know, you have uh, constant GI problems. But it's important to realize they're all connected. They're not in isolation. And that's more and more what we're learning, especially with microbiome research, noticing that uh, there are certain probiotics that can affect, you know, uh, mood, depression, um, joint health. I mean, just things we wouldn't imagine can come from those zillions and trillions of bacteria down in our gut. So by looking at what I call a holistic approach, you can then target your nutrition, your diet, and your supplementation. 
Now, an interesting part of medicine and pharmacology, especially pharmacology and drugs, is you know the dose of medication. Well, the same thing happens in nutrition supplementation. If a supplement has a wide range of safety, you might need more. Or you might take it and, as I've discovered and shared with my patients, doesn't agree with you. Why? Who knows? We're all so biochemically different, you know, um, a wonderful, wonderful, brilliant scientist, Roger Williams, who discovered more vitamins than any other scientist in the world, <clears throat> way before the principle of epigenetics, where you can turn off and turn off genes given uh, dietary factors or drugs or stressors. And he came up with the term biochemical individuality. And it's very, very important because our system today, especially during this crisis, is somewhat of a cookbook approach. Given the stresses, you know, well, here's what we do. We give you this, 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 this. Well, have you ever had a reaction to this? Well, I don't know. I never took this. So how would I know if I had a reaction? So the idea of biochemical individuality in diet and nutrition is so important. Because now if you go down to the real basic of where this all starts, well, it starts in our cells. And it starts in our cell batteries, our mitochondria, and the health of the cells. A cell that makes up tissue, that makes up an organ, then interconnects with the rest of the systems in our body. So, you know, a fun analogy I've used often in my practice is, uh, you know, a car. Okay. Well, you have the lubrication system and you have the (laughs) cooling system and you have the energy system for the car. Well, you know, it's, it's a rough analogy, but that's what you need to look at. Okay, and that's what you need to target with good education. And, you know, given the lack of numbers of trained nutrition specialists, lots of people doing their homework on the web, and I I think it's good. I think the idea that the web offers us this access and understanding that it's very, very expensive, very, very expensive to test a supplement, a natural compound. It can cost anywhere from, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars up to a million dollars do a good so-called clinical trial where you're double-blinding it. So where's the incentive? Well, if you have, if there's a grant, luckily someone got a grant to do this, or maybe... Uh, a supplement company that's really interested in, in educating mainstream into the science of nutraceuticals will sponsor a study, you'll see it. 
but that's that's the big problem. You go to mainstream, and I'm not opposed to mainstream, of course, that's silly. But you'll get the comment, well, there's not any really great studies on this. Mm. And then you have to ask yourself, well, what does that mean? Does so it mean it doesn't work because there are not great studies on it? No, there's not great, what would you call, you know, standard, acceptable, you know, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies. So what's the alternative? The alternative is a shared information. And I think the idea of um, carefully sorting through, whether you're in a group or whether you're listening um, to someone, so-called nutrition expert on YouTube, was there a lot of <clears throat> group experience where a lot of people who use this have a great experience before we have all the wonderful clinical data behind it. Okay. And so you have to trust yourself. You have to trust the listening. Okay. The healthier you get, the better the listening will be. And you take something and say, mm-mm, doesn't feel good. Okay. Every time I take it, it doesn't feel good. Yes. There's placebo. Yes, we understand there's a placebo and we have to rule it out. You know, well, you know, took this and I felt great, you know, because everybody felt great. Oh, okay. And there's even Nobio, which is another interesting one. Nobio is the concept that if a patient is told about the side effects of a medication or a treatment, very often they'll get the side effects or the of the medication or treatment. And so it's kind of hard sometimes, you know, to separate uh, that factor. You know, placebo sometimes can be a positive thing. Okay. Nothing wrong with, you know, and having good documented, you know, nutritional testing can help, you know, good advanced uh, blood testing, not just the simple things. Problem is, Majority, many, many insurance companies don't pay for these. They have to be out of pocket. And uh, even uh, Medicare and Medicaid haven't expanded yet to pay for uh, what we call real wellness testing. And in the hands of a good practitioner, these wellness tests can be extremely valuable picking up things that might not, uh, that you might even think is a factor, okay? Now, gene testing right now, mm, it's a little bit still early. I think it's valuable. I, you know, certainly gene testing, you know, for uh, birth defects and, and maybe the BRCA gene, uh, I think can be valuable. And it's a tool, okay? It's a tool. Because the problem with gene testing is we haven't reached a point of being able to test whether a gene is on or off. And that's so, so, so important. And I think getting back to what's certainly on the minds of lots of people right now is why. Why, why do some people get the reactions to the corona that they do? 
and what's this whole post-corona? And I think we have to look very, very carefully at the whole field of uh, epigenetics, what's being turned on, what's being turned off. We have anti-inflammatory genes. We have anti-cancer genes that can be turned on and turned off. And maybe what we're seeing in these post-corona patients is the light switch is still on. The sprinkler system is still on and <laughs> the fire is out. Okay, now what are you doing? You're, <laughs> you're flooding the building after and causing even more damage than maybe even the fire did. And that's what happens. We have the fire. And then we have the sprinkler system. Our immune system kicks in, goes into hyperdrive to try and save us causes some damage like a sprinkler system would but then even more long term problems when it's not turned off well there are ways of turning this off there are lots and lots of nutritional anti-inflammatories that people can use uh, sulforaphane from broccoli sprouts great uh, fish oils uh, buckhorn, sea buckhorn, a long, 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 long list. And uh, I promise <laughs> it's on my it's on my agenda, you know, to put these on a on a site um, so you can go through these and and see how they make sense to you. But that's really the key. The key is turning off the system, turning off the inflammation system. So what I'm going to do is I'll go through my list, my top 10 list of what I call nutritional anti-inflammatories, and I'll put this in my next podcast. So we come to the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As I said at the beginning, if you're one of my regular listeners, thank you for listening. If you're a new listener and you like this podcast, uh, please subscribe. And because uh, eventually I'm going to move this to you know some other mainstream uh, podcast sites like uh, Apple and and i iHeart. As as I see my subscriber numbers go up, I'm going to put this on those sites. So be well. This is Steve Halpern.